This episode of the Keen on Yoga podcast is sponsored by Moments. It's a booking system we've been using for the last year, roughly speaking, and we really recommend it. Great for solo teachers, right up to studios with multiple sites. It's a one-stop shop, really, and it integrates with Zoom and allows you to take payments via PayPal and Stripe. You can set up courses, trainings, retreats, keep an eye on your business with robust reporting. It even runs a staff payroll. So if you do run a studio, it will take care of teacher payments as well. Excellent team at Moments will help you set up, migrate from your other system and offer onboarding support. They're really hands-on at this. Once you've set up and are going, you will have time-saving automations, marketing and win-back campaigns to keep those students coming back. Moments literally takes care of the whole business side for you, so you're really free to take care of your creative side. Best of all, you've got that real-time support via phone, live chat and email. Moments is offering Keenan Yoga listeners and viewers a two-month free trial. Click on the link below or visit moments.com, that's moments.com, and book a demo. If you quote Keenan Yoga to get your free trial, you'll get two months free. Now on to the episode. So, today's guest on Keenan Yoga is Matt Ryan. Matt traded in the life of a DJ, including a stint at Manchester's famous nightclub Hathiendia, for the life of a yoga teacher. He was introduced to Ashtanga to deal with anxiety and a depersonalization disorder, which we talk about in the show, and it helped him, obviously, immensely. So soon afterwards, he made a trip to Mysore, to Lakshmi Puram, to the old Shala, to practice with Patabi Joyce, and he was granted level two authorization slightly down the road. So that was over 23 years ago, and he's remained still immersed in yoga up to this day. He's taught all over in LA more recently, and now he's back home in Manchester, restarting Yoga Manchester. And that complements his Ashtanga practice with Zen Buddhism, which we also talk about a little bit in the program. So he finds a combination of immediate effect and results in a steadier, more focused mind. In 2015, Matt also created the Niji, a safe knee support for yoga and meditation. And, more to the point, he's the father of four children. So, as I mentioned, Matt will be back shortly, starting up again Yoga Manchester. So look out for that, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he does, and I'd like to welcome Matt to the show. Welcome, Matt, to Kieran Yoga. So, welcome, Matt, Matt Ryan, to the Kieran Yoga podcast and YouTube. Um, nice to have you. It's very nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, it's great to finally uh, meet you. I've heard about you for so many years, and uh, I guess I've... All bad, passed... I guess. No! <laughs> 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 not at all, not at all. Um, so, I mean, just give it, just give me an update on how you kind of got into yoga in the first place. Because I know you've got an interesting story. Well, I guess the interesting part of it really is that I, you know, I used to work, I used to be a DJ, <clears throat> and you know, this was Manchester late eighties, early nineties, and you know, uh, doing all the things that you do when you're a DJ, <laughs> staying up late, yeah. party partying and you know excesses of that and I um, mm. yeah I started to um, I started to, to kind of feel strange and I couldn't kind of put my finger on it and then basically I, I had you know I think what was the the catalyst I had this big panic attack and right. then quite quickly these strange feelings became really bad really acute and yeah and these strange feelings in time I learned were this diagnosis depersonalization um which i guess we can talk about shortly but you know i started to feel kind of really really weird kind of like Mm. i I couldn't really put my finger on it but it was you know it was pretty dreadful i didn't feel like a real person 
you know hmm. and um yeah so w- what what basically happened is i um i was reaching out to to friends and family you know see if anyone could help me went to doctors had some you know i got prescribed antipsychotics antidepressants hmm. Hmm. and then you know i was kind of getting looking at like things like reflexology and even flower essences you know it was that awful yeah. i was basically yeah, yeah. throwing the kitchen sink of um you know of mm. of waste to to help it or to make it become less mm, and mm. what happened is that one of the um the, the, the one of the people who worked in the in, in the nightclub that I was DJing DJing at said oh you know why don't you try yoga you know and at the time I'm you know I, I'm like you know what, what's that I kind of had a vague idea of what yoga was right um and she gave me the number of this 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 guy uh, in a place called Withington in in in, in Manchester in the Burbs. And I went along mm. to this class and um, hated it, you know, because it was primary uh, primary series, right? I guess. Who, who was I, I, it? A guy called Mike Nevitt. Yeah, I thought it might be. I know Mike. Great. Uh, great oh, do guy. you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Does he live in um, was... Norway now or somewhere? I oh, I haven't heard from him for years, but he was very an yeah. interesting guy, right? Like, and, and unfortunately, never really kind of made it into the general kind of public knowledge, as it were. But we're a great teacher. I've, yeah. Yeah, he naffed off to Norway. I think he hooked up with some lass in Norway, and yeah, did camp there. I think it was Norway. I went to teach with him in was it Norway? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, right. our house is our house in Norway. I remember it being a place yes, called Arhus. Yes, 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 I think so. Yes. So we 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 did a work. Well, he did a workshop there, and I assisted him. And yeah, he uh, he met somebody there, and I think he, he never went back. <laughs> and uh, he went back to Manchester. Anyway, where were we? So yeah, I, I went along to this yep. class, hated it, and you know, I, I had no idea what got me back the week later. But I went back the week later, and you know, mm-hmm. slowly kind of couple of weeks in I was starting to get a little bit of the hang of it you know I, I've um, I've always been fairly you know fit I've played a lot of football and mm. you know I used to run a lot <clears throat> and um, yeah so I kind of got over the um, the kind of physicality of it and um, yeah I, I guess it may be the the best part of, of two months before I started to feel any kind of you know benefit mm. maybe not two months maybe kind of a month six weeks in, in, in that I felt for the first time, ah, here's something. You know, the antipsychotics didn't work, the antidepressants didn't work, the flower essences, the reflex. Mm. You know, none of these things were particularly working. But ha, ah, I've got something I can I, I can put my finger on that is helping. It's helping right. me physically. It's kind of helping helping my mind. It's helping these this condition yeah. kind of you know become less. You know, how old were you then? Twenty um, nine. Okay, right. So you came yeah, to it quite late, quite late in a way. Sure. Yeah. 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 And you were well, no, you working? You working sorry. as a professional DJ all that time before that? You're working and getting. You know, that was your living, right? As a DJ. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And you got um, pretty. You know, you got you're pretty um pretty high up there. You're playing at the Hacienda, weren't you? So you know, you were you're high up, <laughs> yeah. high up in that game. And you, and yeah. you, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know, Adam. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and so you know, friends in high places. Anyway. So, yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I, back to the yoga thing, um, yeah. I had, you know, I had no real concept or idea that, you know, what it was really, even when I was practicing a good couple of weeks. And I remember, you know, a friend of mine had said, you know, what yoga is it? And I'm like, 
I had to go and ask Mike. I said, what, Mike, what, what is this yoga? It's a stanky yoga, right? Okay, <laughs> great. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess a couple of months in, I started to kind of do a little bit of digging. I think the internet was out at that point. I think it was plug-in internet. There was no Wi-Fi, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I found out, you know, this practice comes from Mysore, South India, you know, and it felt like, I, I, I don't know the time frames really, but it felt quite a short period of time before, like, right, boom, I'm hanging up my headphones and I'm getting off to India. I'm, you know, I'm going to really immerse myself in this practice, which is basically, you know, sorting my mind and body out. And, you know, and I, I knocked off to mm. India, I think this was like 2000, January 2000. And I went for January right. and February. And so I remember really... getting there in... Gone. Yeah, no, I was going to say you you still caught the old Shala in Lakshmi Purim, right? Oh yeah, yeah, the old Shala. Yeah, goodness me, that was a nightmare. Nightmare that you had to wait two hours to get on the mat. And uh, oh. yeah, you know, I was just some scally shit kicker kid from Manchester, you know, and rocked up into India and like, whoa, you know, it, it, it was like a fish out of water. Uh, I remember because we had to get there mm. to to sign sign up, you know, to sign in. And there was a big queue, and I remember this like this black kind of four by four rocked up tinted windows, and then the window came down, and Pachaba Joyce kind of looked out in, in all his bling, and everyone was like, oh. <laughs> that was funny, you know. And then we all signed in, and then we all got our, you know, wait on those stairs for two hours, and funny. I mean, you know, funny yeah, looking yeah, back yeah. at the time, yeah, it was a bit like, right. really, yeah. Uh so you were kind of sceptical from the get-go, were you? A little bit of, well, the, of the whole I, kind of I, I, guru tradition I thing. Think, you, weren't, you weren't kind of kissing I, his feet. I and, think and... I've got a funny story with that, actually, which is embarrassing, right. which maybe I'll share with you. I guess coming, you know, coming from Manchester, I, I think you have this uh, in, uh, inbuilt cynicism. <laughs> comes with the right, terrorist yeah. part of the Manchester DNA. I'm, you know, you're cynical about things. So it's, you know, it's you have to kind of, yeah, I've always kind of, you know, keep it at arm's length. So when people calling this guy guru and all this kind of like, felt a bit like a cult, which I guess it is in, in some ways, you know, Yashtanga cult. It's been and, said, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been part me. of it. <laughs> by, yeah. by others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, so I'd heard, you you know, you got to kiss the guru's feet. That's all part of it, you know. So I'd, I waited in line. I went up up into his little office, brr, got my me, me, me moolah out, my rupees, my big stack of that, and paid him. And I'm like, right, here's my moment. And I got down and I actually kissed his feet because I thought that's what you do. No one's no one explained to me. You just touch his feet and you you know the whole thing. I didn't know that, you know, you know, but you know, he <laughs> just looked at me like that, thinking, what's going on here? This weird kid just kissing me feet, you know. You, you actually anyway, made contact. You actually, yeah. you know. Yeah, embarrassing. Don't tell anyone that. Well, anyway, the, story, yeah. the story's out now. But um, <laughs> I mean, when, when you were there, you know, and practicing, you're obviously feeling better and better, right? And having sure. kind of a, you know, some kind of alleviation from from these uh, the symptoms you were suffering. Why do you think that was? What What was it about well, the practice that that made you feel different again, I, or, or or not different, as it were? Well, Normal. with depersonalization, it kind mm -hmm. of gets tagged, you know, in with the de in with depression and in with anxiety. Mm. And people would say depressed. I'm say, you know, I used to say I'm only depressed because I don't feel real because of these sy symptoms are acute and they're awful. 
And then, you know, consequently, because of these uh, acute symptoms, I, I had anxiety too, but they were like kind of, you know, side effects of the, of the real thing. I was, you know, and that's the problem with depersonalization. To this day, as I understand it, there's no particular cure for it. You know, they just lump it in with either depression, so they, they feed you SSRIs or antidepressants or mm, antipsychotics yeah, yeah. for the anxiety stuff. But it was, you know, uh, I guess from a, a purely physical point of view, you know, the anxiety it was creating, the physicality of practice, you know, yeah. just ate away at that. So there was no... Yeah. You know, yeah. the anxiety would, would feed on energy. And if there was no energy because you'd worn yourself out from, from doing practice, it'd become, you know, less much like less. And I was like, you're becoming mm. a little bit more grounded, a little bit more kind of present um, to it rather than trying to run away from it, if that makes sense. It was like, right, okay. You know, in, in some ways, the digging for all these cures exacerbated it, you know, right. trying to find well, this no, magic... I mean I mean, I heard you talk about this a few times over the years online, and I don't know where, but um, you know, what, what exactly? I'm always curious as to what exactly the kind of strange feelings you're talking about, what the, the symptoms are of it. Well, they, they say depersonalization. Mm. Uh, everyone can kind of experience it um, right. at, at some point in their life. Um, <clears throat> uh, apparently, it's an evolutionary thing that you know, in times of panic or terror, you become depersonalized. So you don't feel like, you know, if you're going to get run over by a car, you might experience a flash of depersonalization because, you, you know, to, to, to soften the blow, as it were. So you kind of feel like you're, you're it's not you, if that makes sense. And I, I, I read somewhere that people, students doing exams can have a flash of it as well. Kind of just these kind of high anxiety moments. Uh, and what happens is, you know, it's just like, uh, uh, you know, only lasts momentarily but with the, the the disorder depersonalization disorder is where you get stuck in that and it goes on you know for weeks and months and very long periods of time and it's 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 fucking awful it's absolutely awful mm. i can't you know you know because i started mm. which was probably not a great thing you start going online looking reading other people's stories and right. you know yeah it's you, you, it, it's you know after what am I now? I'm 53. Maybe it started the best part of 25 years plus of of, of, mm. of having this. You know, mm. it's it's it doesn't get any easier to articulate it. I guess if you've mm. ever taken mm. drugs and you've ever had a bad trip, you could say, mm. right, you know, it's a little bit like that. And, right. You know, and at the time, I, I kind of wanted to get to ground zero, so I get I've stopped drinking, I stopped tea or coffee, I stopped eating any kind of kind of you know e numbers. So all the toffees and the sweets when, you know, just to, you know, to get to this kind of place where I knew, you know, what was going on. Well, to a certain extent, there was, so I didn't want any kind of, you know, like alcohol would affect it, you know, caffeine would affect it or make it worse, you know, so they stopped. Do you still feel it now? Or did it, yeah, the yoga sort yeah, it out? Yeah, I still, yeah, I, I mean, this is kind of a real fascinating to me in, in some ways because you know later on when i got to, to to zen studying zen and um you know this idea of uh, of emptiness and you know there are kind of similarities um in, in in what they're talking about and the depersonalization but before the um the first kind of chronic episodes in my i guess i was about 16 or 17 um i remember i used to look at myself in a mirror and I would kind of freak myself out. I would go into these alternate alternate states of like 
consciousness, which I had no kind of reference point for, other than that it was quite spooky. It was, you know, it was a little bit scary. And then what I would do, I would do it quite often. Then I would go get my guitar out or put some records on, you know, to get back into being me. And at the time, right. I, you know, when I was looking back on that with the depersonalization, I thought, oh, maybe that was depersonalization and, you know, or mm. the first mm. kind of signs of it. Mm. But um, just kind of this last year, I've been getting into the um, the Advaita, the Advaita stuff, <laughs> mm. the Advaita guys yeah, right. and girls. We'll come to that. We'll come to that. Yeah, and yeah. I was yeah, uh, yeah. got a book by Stephen. You've heard of Stephen Badian? Is it Stephen Badian? I have heard of him no, actually. He no, used to be. Um, yeah. He was a, the editor of uh, Yoga Journal for ten years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so I got one of his books because I listened to a few. He he was a, he was in a Zen monastery for ten years and packed it in because was, now it was happening, <laughs> basically. And then yeah. he, you know, he was, uh, he started following Jean Klein. I don't know if you've heard of him, Jean Klein. I have heard of yeah, Jean Klein, yeah. Again. And I know, I, I meant, I've, I've heard you mention Rupert Spira, who we've had on the podcast. I've interviewed Rupert. Um, okay, nice. Is, yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, um, so Stephen Bedine would had this experience from going to a Jean Klein um, workshop or whatever. Anyway, so I'd got one of these Stephen Bedine books and, mm. You know, about a third of the way through, he talks about when he was in his teens or late teens, he was he was able to uh, look at himself in the in, in the mirror exactly the same and go into this kind of you know this state of oneness of consciousness or uh, you know mm. whatever. And I'm I'm reading that thinking, fucking hell, that's what I did really. You know, it's exactly the same. But in in my mind, mm. I just kind of my reference point was the depersonalization. I kind of you know just thought they were one of the same thing but I, it's it's hard to know really it's just it's like you kind of like on yeah. the other side of the fence right like there's there's one experience which is a kind of oneness right and then there's the mm. other experience which is a kind of a, an awful feeling of of not being there right but they're, they're kind of like almost well, guess... two sides of the same coin one one is potentially a very pleasant liberating feeling the other is a, a kind of frightening feeling right of of not being present it depends which way maybe you can kind of which exactly you have towards yeah it. Mm. there's there's through the Stephen Bedian he uh, book, you know, when you read a book and they always mention another book, you think, right, I'll go and get that one. And I think I think she's called Susan Sarandon. And it was her. I mean, it's, she's since passed away. I think it was that was her name. But she, her book, can't remember it. Sorry. But she goes into details about having this experience, which sounds exactly the same as depersonalization, but was later to find a teacher who was able to kind of articulate and uh, and bring her through it and then she became a kind of a advisor teacher in her own right you know so back to that late teen thing and I was doing this stuff in the mirror I had no kind of reference points for it other than you know at the time I guess I, I'd been I'd, I'd started smoking pot at that point pot weed whatever you call it <laughs> and you know I'd done some magic mushrooms so that was my only kind of reference point was you know was it something to do with that or not? I, I, I never for one moment thought it had any kind of, you know, uh, spiritual. I didn't even know what spirituality was or, or, or being spiritual or practice or any of those things, really. Um, yeah. But did you look at did you look at the yoga in a spiritual sense? I mean, it sounds like you I mean, from, from what you say, like, you know, in a, in a limited oh, um, understanding of, you know, of, of did, I mean, because, you you know, you, you're doing a traditional type of yoga, you're going to Mysore, you know, you're getting your authorization, whatever, right? I mean, it kind of leads me to wonder how, 
how to kind of traditional you you took the method i mean you know what what you kind of think about that right and and this kind of lineage per se you know what, what's your kind of take on that how, well, how spirit how spiritual is yoga is, i guess is yoga interesting that, that that word yeah, yeah. tradition and the way mm, it's used now mm. i kind of thought it should be mm. that they should rephrase it and call it trend rather than tradition because the <laughs> You know, because the trend is, you know, because the, the practice seems to change and, 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 you know, it's like, well, the tradition is this. Well, I think, you know, the trend is to do this these days because it kind of gets changed and evolves mm. or, or whatever. So, but sorry, back to your original question. I guess, you know, from a very simple layman's point of view, you know, um, the, the, the practice, you know, it made me feel better. Simply mm, like, yeah. and when I yeah, felt better, yeah. I felt like I was a better person, better person to myself, better person to other better person to other people you know mm. and from that very simple simplistic you know do good and be good you know can that be construed as spiritual to know but for me that that that's what it was mm. and mm. Uh, um i i guess all the the books around it the spirit you know the yoga sutras the bhagavad gita and stuff i i i i i, I never gelled with them at all um i just found certainly the sutras quite dry impenetrable uh, and I guess having this brain yes, that jumps around, I, could, I couldn't not get... not a fun text. No, it, no not at no, all. No. And yeah, yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. a bit like an imposter, you know, because you go to my son and he's like, have you read the Gita? Have you read the Sutras? You know, <laughs> it's a, a prerequisite to becoming an Ashtanga. Yeah, you can do those fancy Dan Poshes, but you've got to read the books. And I just, you know, I, 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 just, I just couldn't get with him. And it was like, yeah, you know, some It's a bit of a confusion later. in a certain way. Because, um, you know, I mean, it's a, if we're doing something which is, has its roots in potentially working with the body in a tantric sense, right? So you're mechanistically man manipulating the body and there's the energy in the body, it, you know, it speaks volumes. You know, you don't need to necessarily know what you're doing with your head to do certain movements to change that sure. energy in the body. I mean, you know, I've also had um, strong anxiety symptoms at university. That's why I started as well. And nothing, I mean, I did philosophy, so nothing in that study of philosophy which is why i did philosophy as well just trying to solve these issues you know nothing in that sure. ever really changed anything until i went into the yoga class and i started doing something with the body because i thought you know what like it's an energy that's in the very body it's not in the head it's not in my thoughts i mean what's happening is that those thoughts are being thrown up onto the you know onto the screen of the mind if you want from the energy of the body so something maybe is is can be manipulated like a mechanics kind of garage in the body and that might change the mm. thoughts to kind of more, more uh, calm, pleasanter kind of experience of self, you know. And you know, is it, I didn't need to read and anything about yoga. And I didn't do that for years. I, I guess, as I mentioned before, I'd always been fairly mm. fit in that mm. I played football. I only understood the 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 um, you know the benefits of being fit and staying healthy and eating well and right. stuff. You know, I right. always understood that. No, I, I never did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i had a terrible then, well, diet i guess kind of yeah i uh, really yeah, yeah. well just smoking uh, and drinking and eating just i think i thought well, I McDonald's got to that. was a healthy, I guess... healthy meal you know you got, oh, really? your meat and you, got your, you got your carbs and you know yeah yeah no I, I so i mean for me it was just like literally just like feeling fitter and healthier just sure. it was night and day for the symptoms to be honest i mean a lot of it was just feeling physically good you kind of almost kind of by default kind of you know tricks the mind into feeling mentally better because you felt physically mm. better you know so yeah well back to that cliche you know mind and body two sides of the same coin you fit in the in the body you, you fit in the apparently mind apparently so you know? <laughs> yeah well. um, 
Right. So, I mean, but, you know, more recently, you've, you've become quite interested in, in more, uh, you know, say, I don't know how to, I don't want to say spiritual practices, but other practices other than just uh, sure. the physical, right? So, uh, you're right. Well, do, you want, do you want to mention, mention your, your Zen interest? And, yeah, and the, so the Zen the thing came about from, um, you know, I, I, I kind of didn't make heck the tale of the sutras. Ditto Bhagavad Gita, really. I mean, I, I make this kind of really ten, tenuous connection in that, you know, they uh, certainly with the Bhagavad Gita talking about all these fanciful stories and et cetera, and they didn't feel real. They didn't, you know, they didn't feel mm-hmm. they they kind of, you know, um, back to that depersonalization. I needed real things, not, yeah. not all not these exactly, fanciful yeah, stories. They're not exactly you know? modern, are they? You know, it's like set in a yeah, medieval just, battle, battlefield. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so it's slightly arcane. You don't really have a chariot around these days. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. We're not really <laughs> likely to be fighting a war, you know. Where we, you know, <laughs> you know, um, but no, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, at least not a medieval war, probably. But you know, <laughs> it's a, you have to do a bit of mental gymnastics to see the meta to, to approach the metaphor in a in a modern context. It, it, you know, which yeah. latterly, latterly can be done. But you know, I was definitely thought it was a mu- for for years. I thought it was a musty old text and. Uh, and not very, very applicable. Well, it just had, it bad no relevance yeah. to, to yeah. me. Yeah, to modern life, you know life, what I mean? current life, yeah. Uh, and so, anyway, I'd, I'd, um, I was on Amazon, and, uh, I mean, this is this is a true story, and I can't remember what book I'd bought, but, you know, that section, if you bought this book, you might like this book, and up mm. popped this mm. book called Hardcore Zen. I don't know if, if you've come across a guy called yeah. Brad, Brad, Brad Warner. Warner. Yeah, yeah, He's an yeah, interesting yeah. guy, yeah. And yeah. that came up, and, you know, the, um, the, 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 the cliche, never book, judge a book by its cover I, I literally bought it because the cover was 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 great you know I had this kind of border with a Mohican and hardcore zen that kind of you know so I bought this book and it you know and I, I, it was a real page turner uh, I just literally it kind of spoke to me in, in so many ways because it felt relevant there was this guy similar age you know and it, obviously the stories weren't the same but and yeah it just you know and this very simple practice of you know sitting still you know with the eyes open looking at the wall but basically the whole thing based around a practice and mm. i'd already established myself in the discipline of practice through ashtanga you know yeah so yeah, it, was, exactly. it was like right okay mm, i get this this is something i can do it's a practice mm, mm. yeah and i would just you know i started sitting 10 15 20 minutes you know i reached out to brad did you reconnected yeah, yeah. and what was it about the Ashtanga practice you felt was kind of lacking that you needed to do another practice? I'm not saying that that's not the case yeah, for many I mean, people, but what, what was it that, yeah, it wasn't a kind I, of I, I guess it, mm. it's, it's back to the, 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 the search, you know, it felt like, you know, there was a, a part, whether you want to call that spiritual or not, perhaps you could use that word, that because I, I wasn't finding it so much in, 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 the, the sutras and the Bhagavad Gita and you know the asana practice was was great for my body and it and it helped keep me physically fit and you know it was helping calm my mind but I guess there was just a thirst for something else a another um to, to to connect to and this you know again basically I mean I like what Brad Brad says you know he, he basically writes books about sitting and looking at a wall because <laughs> fundamentally that's that's what it is the shikantaza soto zen practice you know it's mm. all about the postures staying still you know eyes open 
lowered and there were so many similarities you know the eyes are open there's a there's a you know they don't, they don't call it a drishti but your eyes are open mm. and, you, and they're fixed and there was you know the, the, the drishti and it's a posture i'm used to doing postures um you know and the uh, and the repetition the daily practice i was used, used to that and so there was a kind of an effortlessness of just adding it in um to, you feel it kind to, of comp- complements the practice yeah yeah for sure right, i mean right. interestingly enough i i um you know, it, it, in a very simple way, you could say yoga is the means and meditation is the end. You know, you're, you're, these asanas are preparing you for longer periods in meditation, prayer, contemplation, yeah. whatever. I think that's been said before, hasn't it? Why? Yeah, a few times. We're more intelligent people than me. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and so what, what is it you're feeling, um, you know, when you're doing these practices? What kind of headway are you making with these practices that perhaps you didn't, you know, didn't feel well, in, in the uh, physical well, I guess what what happened is um, I I I'd always do the Zen practice after the uh, the asana the after the ashtanga, mm. and mm. I, I I flipped it on its head purely by chance where I I don't know what the circumstance was for me that day you know a few years back but I did my sitting practice first, and then you know I did the asana practice and then all of a sudden I felt wow because of the the the, the my mind was a little bit more steady that the practice mm. became far more embodied far more engaged my mind was was running away less and it was like wow they, you know it just felt like these practices just knitted together perfectly you know mm. to create this mm. the, 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 you know this perfect mind body i guess mm. that mm. stillness mm. and that 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 you know it's i guess it's hard to articulate a little bit um I, I guess it's coming back to, you know, I'd started these practice because I was had these this, this, this you know, this mental, this depersonalization problem. And mm, it's always mm. been about, you know, wanting to get, uh, find some sense of stillness from, you know, whatever tools I've got at my disposal. And mm. it seemed the Ashtanga thing happened and really helped. Mm. And, there's, and the Zen thing, the, 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 this, this seated meditation practice, they mm. just felt mm. like the perfect bed bellows and, you know, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it also makes me think of um, the people listening who've also suffered from, you know, anxiety and, and mental health. You know, and I put my hand on my heart and say, me included. I mean, what what else? What else? Can you say anything else about your experience? What's helped it? What hasn't with the yoga well, practice? You know, a, any a great, way you've I, used the practice or the food a, or the a, diet? Yeah, a anything. great way to, um, you know, a great way because you know we're we're lost in our heads. Whether it's anxiety, mm. whether it's depression, whether it's you know, a great way of getting out of the head is getting into the body, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, you, you, you're certainly not thinking about where is me when you're doing Navasana five times and five breaths, you know. What happens so if you're too the... anxious? I mean, people will say, I'm too anxious or depressed to practice. I mean, did you not have that feeling in the, at least in the early days? Well, like, I, you I know, I, I, my mat. I'm just having too much panic in me, you know. I guess if you can do Surya mascar. You know, you right. just start off, do Surya Namaskar, one, eight, eight, you know, nine movements, whatever. And you do two the next day and you just set yourself, you know, baby steps. Just take it a, a, a little bit at a time. You know, I, I guess for me, like I mentioned uh, a few moments yeah, ago, yeah. I, I felt that throwing myself into practice was eating up the kind of the anxiety a, right. around it. So, you know, so it was kind of easy for you. You didn't struggle getting into it. You didn't have no, any struggles getting on really okay so the anxiety kind of led you to it in a way for sure yeah, yeah but right. I, I mean i completely understand I, you know at that moment there's no chance i would have been able to do the zen thing 
you know, right. there's no chance right. I could have just be, be sitting still looking at a wall. I'd have, you know, yeah. I'd have, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't have, I, I wasn't yeah. ready for that. It was like, and I think I heard yeah. you say on another podcast as well that, I mean, you know, people often say, well, you know, the Ashtanga, it's a, uh, you know, it's injury based. It's uh, it's always a, uh, you know, it's competitive. It's always looking forward. The see, you know, the sequences encourage this kind of a uh, kind of aggressive pushing and ego. I mean, you know, as you rightly pointed out, you need a little bit of that first of all. Otherwise, you know, that that anxiety, it needed something to kind of draw into, right? Like to, to kind of chase, right? I mean, you say oh, that's oh, a, yeah. a fair uh, synopsis of your experience, right? That the sequences and the and the, the you know, I mean, obviously, you're a little bit older now. I'm amazed you're 53, but you, Matt's 53. Uh, but you know, over the years, you know, you and I will both be chasing the postures, and that somehow was it was a valid distraction at the time. You know, as much as oh, we, can sure. say, we can say I to mean... younger st- younger students, oh, don't chase the postures. Oh, it's not about the postures. But you know, it, 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 you know, it helped. In some ways, yeah. I mean, it sure. helped. It helped take things away from mental narcissism and distraction of one's own anxieties and worries in a way, right? The, the, you know, the, 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 the chasing after postures had a slightly different lens in, in that, you know, when I got into the practice and I thought, and then I was introduced, oh, this is a second series and there's these third series, da, da, da. And I, I guess because it was more physical and, and, and harder work, you know, it was for me that, that, that my mind was like, right, if I do them, I'm going to feel even better. Mm. Does that make sense? So, mm. you know, I mean, I guess it, 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 it I guess it was true a little bit, but you know, not so much now these days. But you know, I've got getting older, don't do it as much. But at the time, it was like, right, you know. So I had a thirst for the practice. I was relatively youngish, early thirties, and I kind of, you know, right, I'll get into this, I'll get into that, because this is gonna, you know, this is gonna really sort me out. This is gonna sort me out once and for all. And you know, um, yeah. So it also gave a sense. I, you know, of, there's a sense of optimism, isn't there, when you see something in the future? Oh, you know feeling good and you can see all this it's stretched in the future and you just think well that's going to be better and better and it you know in a sense it's kind of it gives you that hope in the present which does make you feel better you know oh for sure oh for sure yeah. and I, you know i you you have to have a little bit of fire in your belly to get on the mat i think you know uh and the way that that fire manifests or you know it, it evolves whether you're doing legs behind head or whatever you're doing i think practice yeah. you know well i think also something has to for most people something has to be slightly felt unsatisfactory to say the least if not you know a certain degree of suffering to get on the mat early in the morning especially in the northern hemisphere countries you know where it's not really exactly it's inviting cold, to wet, get up. damp and dark yes. and that's on yeah. a good day right <laughs> yeah exactly um you know better obviously you're in the la and area and it would have been a bit easier to get up in the morning and start you know moving around but you know and especially for us in europe in the winter you know i'm actually not there right now for, for, for that reason <laughs> um, you know it's hard it's you know it's hard and, and you need that degree of suffering in daily life to remind you to kind of you know do something for yourself in a way if everything was great you know, i often say that about southern european countries you know like who haven't had this such a strong tradition of ashtanga it's too life is too good i mean you go out for a little bit of tapas in the evening and a glass of wine you know and it's you know but um, I think you know, have to have a little bit of uh, disgruntledness, to say the least, to, you know, to, to make yeah. you do something, to do something, which is, you know, it's not immediately what the first thing you think about when you get up, at least, you know. Like, you know oh, no. Like, yeah. like, I think like David Swenson said, even David Swenson saying this, you know, you don't jump out of bed and think, oh, Ashtanga, yes, please. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, and if he's saying that, you know, you know, then 
think that we all have a right to say it. What about your What about your teaching then? How How you know? Obviously, you you, you taught for many years now, and you taught also in many places. I mean, you started Yoga Manchester, and then I know you moved to LA to to US for for a couple of years, and now you're back again in England. Um, do you want to talk a bit the, the your trajectory of teaching? That um, you know, anything that sticks out, how it maybe how how you've uh, changed your teaching or, or developed your teaching over the years. Um, well, you know, when I got back from Mon- uh, from Mysore that first time, and mm. you know, it was like, you know, I I I I basically did two months there, and I got back, and and you know, I had a, a few hard decisions to make. You know, do I get a job? Do I go back into nightclub? No way that was going to happen. Or do I start teaching yoga without any real qualifications? And mm. you know, I guess in the end, it was an easy choice. And you know, through the nightclubs because um, I used to do PR and stuff as well. I managed to get a whole bunch of people to my, my first class. I mean, my first class was in a place in, in, called Heaton Moor in Stockport, and I, and I specifically chose that uh, because I had my sisters there. So I'm thinking, right, at least my sisters are going to come and my sister's mates are going to come to that first class. It's always, you know, <laughs> there's a tip for you if you just start. You always choose a place where you've got family and friends to come to. Um, you know, and I, at first class, there's always people there, and I had, I had no concept of how to teach. I just did primary series, you know, and nearly did killed everybody. Oh, did you do it with them? No, or, I just taught. I guess right, I, you just, I just you taught, taught it. Through. Yeah, yeah, right, I right. taught it through, really. Did, and, you and know, did, it, did the anxiety come up at that point? I mean, you know, because you were suffering. I mean, or were you, were you fine in teaching? I think I was. I was all right. I guess because you're right, in the flow right. of the teaching, right, and right, you know, right. in the the metronomic Akam inhaled right, on all that kind of thing. Right. Uh, you know, that, that certainly helped. Um, so, yeah, that, that class became two. And then, you know, that, I started a class in a different area. And slowly, you know, these building, you know, we didn't, I didn't have a center. I just taught, you know, as I mentioned before, a nice business model. I just hired a church hall and a school hall and a dance hall in different parts of the South Manchester area. Mm, you know, mm. and this is how it was done at the time, right? There were no yoga centers back in no, know, really no, no. two thousand ish, right? Like, yeah. And then I I I built that up, and eventually it became Yoga Manchester. Started inviting David Williams came, David Swenson came, you know, which helped to put us on the map a little bit. And mm. and then I started my Yoga Express classes, which was basically a nick from David Swenson. You know, David Swenson's short forms. Mm, mm, mm. I just, you know, and I found a, a, a dance studio in the city centre Manchester and called it Yoga Express and did these 45-minute classes for people to do in the lunchtime or pre-work, mm, mm. you know. So I had this kind of, I had Yoga Manchester, Yoga Express. And then my wife at the time got transferred to L.A. And so we're like, right, okay. So I, I continued to run these these yoga manchester yoga express and off i went off to la and i wasn't teaching the first time because we were there twice unbelievable so we were there twice half the first time uh, lena got pregnant and so we had to come back or we didn't have to but it was going to be like a whole load of money to have a a baby out there so when we moved back we lived in london lived in walthamstow and through some friends of hers they had a little space over in west hampstead so i set up a little studio in west hampstead called Yoda, Yoga London Club, only very small, 12 people. And like within maybe three weeks of that opening, we decided to move back to Manchester. <laughs> so now I had this little studio that I was running in London, but I wasn't teaching there, which as a business model is crap because it's only a small studio. You've got to pay teachers to do the classes, you know, 
how is it how is it how is it teaching in LA compared to Manchester because I know you were very successful in Manchester and, and you know Manchester's been going on all this time you know like off and on I think even without you well, there right I mean you built so up I've, a big a big thing in the north of England through with Ashley. when we moved back to Manchester and then we went mm. back to LA for the second time I was then I, I then had a, a, a proper teaching gig running a MySol program in right. in the west side and yeah. I, I you know people love me out there <laughs> I was going to say, how, how do they react to a no? To a I man, think because man, you know, scally with yeah, the man, yeah, 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 they yeah, like I that. Think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, they like yeah. the, the kind of the realness of me, if that makes sense. You know. Oh yes, yes. Um, you know, yeah. that's always been my kind of USP: normal bloke does yoga. <laughs> yeah. Type yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. I, 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 that's just who I am. I, I, and you know, people loved it. I remember one guy calling me that the hardest man in a mysore room. You know, because uh, I, I, I just like to help people, I guess. I love that. Yeah. You know, I guess that's what I get out of teaching. I love helping people. I love people kind of, you know, getting something from practice, you know. Mm. Um, uh, and so, you know, then, so that that was great. It was, I guess, of all my teaching life, those few years in, in L.A. were, were great because I was teaching, you know, this traditional format of Ashtanga Yoga, this Mysore style thing, I, you know, mm. which I guess in some ways all Ashtanga teachers aspire to a little bit, or maybe certainly I, I do and did. And so I was doing that. I yeah. mean, as you mentioned, it's easier to get out of bed in, in LA, right, to come and practice. So numbers were always good. And then the, um, the the pandemic came and that stopped and then we moved back. And then, you know, I've been living in, in, in Kent for the last kind of 12, right, no, two years really. Yeah, yeah. right, and okay. It, teaching it, down there? It, well, it was all on Zoom, you know, right. like everybody everybody else, which has been, you know, kind of okay. It, it it helped, I guess. And then, but now I'm at a stage where I am about because basically the uh, the pandemic closed down the little studio in London, the Yoga Express, the Yoga Manchester things. Uh, I am now I'm I, I'm going back to Manchester. My plan right. is to yeah. to get back up to Manchester to relaunch Yoga Manchester, put it back on the map. We've got a beautiful studio in the city centre. That's going to happen um, from January, Fantastic. I think. Right, in January. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm super excited about it, Adam. To be honest yeah, with I you, because I mean, I said I've still there's still a bunch of students who have put up with my dad jokes all these years, and they're, 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 they they want to come back, you know. And then wanting to reach out. I mean, Manchester is crazy now, you know. The amount of um, apartment blocks that have gone up in the city centre. There's all these thousands and thousands of people living in the city centre. I think um, you know, like the north of England has become more and more attractive for you know for for all people, right? As you know, somewhere that's more you know affordable and you know got a lot going for it now in terms of housing and jobs and you know, in in a way that maybe you know it's developed a lot, right? So you know, I think the when BBC I was in the UK, a, we yeah. yeah, the BBC in Manchester, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, you know, we even we, we were thinking for leaving London at one point. We we're thinking of Birmingham or Manchester or, you know, maybe you know somewhere up there, Sheffield, Leeds. Um, well, I think you'll do. I think you'll do. <laughs> well, your wife said no. <laughs> no, mean, we, we, yeah, we looked, we looked, but we, we decided Bali was a uh, well, maybe maybe uh, <laughs> Manchester <laughs> Bali. Yeah, 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 yeah. We decided, we decided on Bali. But I mean, what would you describe for the students then, just to get trying to get more of a feel of, of the way you teach? How would you describe the way you teach? Or, I mean, you know, you're teaching this traditional system, but as I've kind of kind of tried to kind of get at before, you're not really that kind of bloke that you know is a kind of traditional yoga teacher. You know, no. and, and you're, you're you know you're coming from a really quite a raw place, I think, which I really like. 
you know, mm-hmm. of your own experience, of your own experience of yoga, basically just literally helping you, you know, without any kind of philosophical overlay or ideology. So when other students are coming to you and as a teacher and saying, well, what are we, you know, what are we trying to aim for here psychologically? Or what are we doing? You know, like, I mean, I kind of, you know, like as we all get to it at a certain point, right? I like this practice. It makes me feel better. But what does it mean? You know, like, what am I doing? You know, how do you answer those kind of questions? From that very sim- simplistic, as I mentioned before, you know, you do this practice, you're going to you feel good. And, and then if you, in my eyes, if you're feeling good, you're better. But you're just a better person all around to yourself, to other people. And, mm. you know, and if people, I, I guess, are starting to immerse themselves in, in the practice and, the, the, you know, they, they, they want to take that, that further, you know, I've just given say, yeah, I'll read read this, give them the Gita. <laughs> I can make oh, yeah. the head of say, but maybe you can. <laughs> you the tell sutras. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I send I'll them to Luke Jordan. Yeah. I say, listen, oh, yeah. if you want to know more about that, go off to see that fella. He'll sort you out. You yeah, know, he's, he uh, knows a thing or two. Um, yeah. So, right, okay, okay. Right, so, but I, yeah. I guess it is that, you know, the way I teach is I want to be as, you know, available as, as possible to, mm. to, to that student-specific, you know, wants needs goals perhaps you know i want to try and allow that you know all those things to be realized yeah i, I guess you know even from djing days i guess that sorry just to go in you know yeah, yeah. you're DJing, and you're making people happy making people mm. feel good it's it's, mm. it's the same thing i used to be in right. bands you know in in 1805 I, you know it's that kind of not performance but i guess in some ways it is you're just wanting to put a smile on people's faces right you know that that it's, it's that simple i guess mm. how does the pedagogy fit in the the kind of structure and we talked about tradition and you called it a trend i mean but i mean are you a traditional teacher i mean how much do you think that's important to follow this what can be interpreted as a, as a rigid system which is you know which you know which the teacher can then be kind of framed as the enforcer of this uh you know this kind of uh Rather linear, yeah, and kind well, of ra- rather narrow kind of window of, of uh, practice and, and progression, right? You can't do this, you can't go any further, you can't do this, you can't do that. I mean, how, how do you how do you uh, how do you put yourself in this in the, in this uh, in this role? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a whole bit of a, a kind of a shit show, isn't it, really? And in that, you know, the idea that you can't go beyond Navasana until you're binding in Marichasana D. Um, you know, personally, I think it's nonsense. You know, <laughs> for for what reasons? If if someone can give me other than a kind of a, a bullshit, well, it's good for the ego, you know, to tame it and all that. Really, you know, certainly, um, you know, you you want your beginners doing Konasana, you want your, your beginners doing Upavishta Konasana, uh, and if you know, there's there's ways and means of approaching your Marichasanas where, well, you know, you're a teacher. It's, I think oh, the, the, the problem totally is, agree. you know, yeah. people are looking at the practice. Well, I, you know, we're all different. The way I look at it is I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, it's, it's for me, it's about the student and their journey and how can I fulfill that in the best way possible? You know, it, uh, you know, this is as cosmic as I get, you know, I'm, I don't want to be the guru. I want to awaken the guru inside the student. So they mm. start to understand the practice. They understand that the, the body and, you know that this idea of I, I, I say to students I say you know you come through the door I say you you know getting your legs behind your head isn't is, is is basically advanced flexibility right that's all it is when you look at it through that lens 
and advanced yoga and yoga as in the, the, the asana practice is is you know understanding your body its body's limitations what it can and can't do understanding this posture here mm. making them two mm. things fit together you know and the, mm. the repetition you know I I, I I reframe David Swenson word that you know the modification because I guess in some way it, it, there's a negative connotation around using that word yeah we don't really uh, use that word anymore yeah you can't yeah, say modification. I just say, you, you know, have to say uh, variation or something. Yes, yeah, like, I yeah, just, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm yeah, saying yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You're not modifying Don't anything, this is your variation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, you know, your variations change. The more you, you, the more you practice, you'll get, you know, well, your body will open, there's just yeah. different... There's a kind of an essence of a posture, isn't there? And you can do that to differing degrees, depending on, you course, know, natural 100%. ability and how much, how much effort you put in and then your natural predisposition right but you know, everyone can do that and get the same kind of essence of the, the, the posture in terms of you know muscles engagement and you know energetic stimulation if you want to go there um now what's your i'm just kind of wrapping this interview up now i suppose what's your being your biggest challenge with it with the asana practice at least with the yoga okay i mentioned before that you that maybe you found it challenging to get on the mat in the first place i found it incredibly challenging with my uh, mental health you know i just told you to get on the mat i had to, really had to make myself get on the mat for the for the first years um uh, but you, you seem to not have a struggle with that what's been your biggest I know, struggle i didn't yeah um i i guess the i wouldn't call it a struggle i mean you know i'm 53 now i i don't do the crazy shit that i used to do you know it kind mm. of has a different meaning for me now and you know, I, I will always aim to sit, you know, I'll get up at five, up as five, six o'clock, depending on what time the kid's waking up, you know, mm. uh, and I'll sit, I'll always sit every day, I'll always sit. And then I will, you know, depending uh, what's happening for me that day, I, I, I will, I will practice. And I guess in, in some ways, you know, I, I, some days I don't get to practice and I, I, you know, it's a case of, well, that's it. It's at one stage right. I've been, I, I, if I couldn't have practiced on, on a day, I'd be like, you know, I'd be gutted, you know, I would find right. that, you know, really uh, a bit of a challenge not being able to practice. But these days, I guess, you know, just kind of letting uh, go in a way. Let, you know? yeah. yeah, which is a lesson in, in and of itself. Right. To be able to let yeah. go, not to kind of have that attachment to practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. You found it hard to kind of tone down your practice and let go of some of the postures. Has that been? A, well, no, a, because that's kind of happened uh, quite naturally, you know, right. through through body that the, you know, when we were in L.A. in the first lockdown. And um, we lived in this tiny um, shoebox of an apartment. You know, the kids there, we couldn't go out. They locked all the beaches and stuff. And so I started going out doing a lot. I just go, I used to run every day, you know. And so my asana practice took a, a back seat because you, you can't do, you know, it's hard to do practice. We've got two kids running around, um, mm. you know, because they're just, they were just young kids, right? So I just started doing a lot of running, you know. So uh, that affected my asana practice and that was all right i just accepted this was what what was going on mm. uh and now kind of you know a couple of years on two and a half years on it's like i, I i'm really happy with where i'm at with what i'm doing mm. obviously i've stopped running i've just got back into into practice trying those hips again <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, it's right. like why is it so hard to do my charles and d now you know uh, yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. Uh, i i guess having kind of those those little niggles that just seem to go away the next day that, that that doesn't happen anymore those kind of yeah. little kind of little pains and things they seem to linger a lot mm. longer <laughs> mm. you know so yeah. I, I, i'm i'm just you know trying to find the the right fit knowing right. that that fit can change from from week to week from month to month 
you know, I'm, I'm basically just focused on primary series. I did second series last week for the first time in a couple of weeks, couple of months, perhaps even. And it felt, it felt, it was a bit, it was a bit shabby, but it felt all right. But the next next day, it felt like I'd been beaten up, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, fuck, what am I doing this for, you know? And I, you know, but then, you know, I'll say, maybe I'll do it again next week, or maybe I won't. <laughs> Where do you see yourself going in the future with the yoga practice? Or do you see yourself doing more meditation? Or, you know, is there any, you know, there, how do you see the trajectory of the whole whole thing in your teaching? Where would you see yourself I, in 10, 10 15 I guess years? I will always maintain some kind of practice. Right. I felt right. personally for me, I, you know, I would feel the a fraud if I didn't it. practice. Mm. Yeah, I, I need to practice to be able to teach, you know. That feels like, you know, a, a prerequisite for me. But I guess I, I will always maintain a practice for sure and i feel like i've got this nice balance um of kind of you know this this zen thing and this asana thing you know i'll keep doing that as as, as long as i can right you know mm, mm. see where that goes and i'll uh, i'll hopefully turn into that wise old teacher that people still want to come to rather than you know the guy the guy in the lycra teaching vinyasa flow <laughs> who knows Maybe I'll have to start okay. driving for Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. To wrap it up, one guilty pleasure and one inspiration. All right. Don't think too hard. Um, we've had a lot of guilty pleasures. Um, I think me and Mark Roberts bonded over uh, Emily in Paris on Netflix. Um, oh, right. Don't say, okay. just, don't say, just don't say chocolate. Um, oh, shit. And, and, then one, and, then, uh, yeah, and then one inspiration. Um, something that inspires you. Um, can be a person, place or anything. Mm, yeah, it's guilty pleasure. I was going to say white chocolate, but I'm not going to say that. Ah, I tell you what, I tell you what, you know, I, I guess this yeah. couldn't really be considered as a, as a guilty pleasure, but it's become one a little bit. Coffee. I've not drunk coffee. You know, oh. as I mentioned before, I gave up tea, coffee, alcohol a long, long right, time ago. Right. Yeah. And maybe 10 years ago, I used to hang out with a mate and his wife was, um, sorry, it's a long story. His wife was Chinese and she always was offering me green tea. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't drink green tea. I don't drink anything. And then eventually I relented and I started drinking this green tea and I got right into green tea. I became a, a green tea anorak. And I started importing it, you know, these, these, these oolongs from this right. guy in, in Taiwan. And then when I was teaching with Luke in, in, in Tenerife at Easter, I forgot to take the tea with me, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, have a little bit of this coffee." <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Oh, okay." You know, so I was having this um, little espresso in the morning, four in the morning. And I was like, "Oh, this is actually quite nice." And then, you know, yeah. from that point must, on, I've got to be. do, yeah, 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 doing these little coffees in the morning. I'm quite enjoying it, you know. Thinking, you know, at one stage that'd give me a panic attack. <laughs> it's it's fine now you know just in the morning it must be a different world if you haven't had it for long it's like oh this is what it's like to practice yeah. being a bit more awake oh. i know right <laughs> yeah. it was nuts and then inspiration you know i i guess i guess this is really not an inspiration either but going back to manchester and reconnecting with friends and family Right. Uh, and being, can I be inspired by Manchester? Maybe, you know, being back there now, when I go back there now, I just feel, wow, you know, back being back home, having these, these, these students, um, my family and friends being there, mm. you know, wow, I mm. just, just feel that, that the energy of the place. Yeah. Just, you connect you know, with the, mu the music scene still? Are you any? Oh, you know, yeah. I was kind of peripherally in involved in the, yeah. in, in the music scene as well, you know, through the DJing and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, and I still got kind of mates within that 
So, mm. right. Manchester yeah. is my inspiration. Okay, well, we're looking forward to seeing what's going to go on there in the future for you. So, yeah. Yeah. One, just I'll keep, keep you your posted. eyes peeled for uh, Yoga Manchester resurrected and coming back in the new year. All right. So, thank you, Matt, for coming on. It's been a pleasure and a, a joy yeah, to, to have a little you. chat with you. I hope right. I was um, kind of articulate yep. enough for people to make sense. I say Absolutely. that, you know, you can tell I'm from, I'm from Manchester by my complete lack of sophistication. <laughs> Not at all. Very, very real and very down to earth and exactly the kind of guest that I like. So thank you. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Great. All right, Adam. <laughs>